Welcome back to Wild Game Dynasty, folks. This is podcast episode 127. We really appreciate you dialing in. We have a special guest. Well, they all are special, but this gal uh, came upon us in a quest to find a bear. We had a gentleman uh, hunter in our Upper Peninsula location, and he put a shot on a bear. Probably wasn't the best shot, but sometimes that's what happens. And the neat thing about it was is he wasn't going to give up, and nor was I. And there was three of us actually tracking it. We came to the end of the line type thing of any blood trail that we could find. And we made a call to a to a buddy of mine that had bear hunted with us before. And he's also a professional tracker, Jake Van Houten. He's from the Bay City area. And he uh, said, hey, that just was a really a, a, a bad timing thing for him to be able to come up and help us. But he referred us to a gal from Sugar Island, Brittany Bain. And he said, you're going to be... Uh, you're going to be elated that she's going to come down and help you because she's outstanding. She has a dog that uh, she calls Rascal, and uh, he's, or she, the dog, is immensely talented. So between the two of them, uh, they came out, gave us a hand. Well, instead of spoiling it, let's, uh, let's dial right into episode 127, folks, with Brittany Bain. Brittany, this is Gary Morgan calling. Hi, Gary. How are you doing this evening? Oh, not too bad. Hey, I really appreciate you taking my call. I know it's a little bit late. Uh, I mean, it's not super past everybody's bedtime, but you're a busy person. I know that. So I feel a little reserved on even calling you whenever because I know you got a lot of irons in the fire. And that's uh, that's pretty cool, though. I mean, I'd, I'd rather have that than sitting in a chair waiting for the next uh, day to happen, we'll say. Oh, very much so. Yeah. Kids are, kids are in bed and it's a school night, so they're in bed early tonight, so... A little, little quiet, a little quiet on the other end here. <laughs> it's a good thing, but you know, I've noticed though, uh, school night or not, you sent me a picture because I, well, let me back up. I always send a reminder, think, asking, hey, you know, we still good? I mean, you never know what happens, and uh, so if I have a person that uh, such as you lined up to do this podcast, I want to make sure we're still good and everything's. Uh, and so, what do you do? You send me a picture of you, the two little ones, posed with a. Uh, dough that you just harvested tonight and i thought man no mm-hmm. rest no rest for the weary that's for sure um oh yeah i'm gonna be a cannon fool this next week i'm gonna do most of it can most of it i got a crushing canner for we got a crusher canner for christmas last year so we're gonna do a lot of canned venison this year oh man that's awesome that is really awesome yeah my mom used to do that and man was that ever good it's it's another step but yeah, it's a different, uh, boy, it comes out so tender, doesn't it? Well, it also lengthens the shelf life than it does sitting in the freezer. Really? Wow. So if you can it, if you can it, it lengthens your, your shelf life, whereas, you know, in the freezer, you want to use it up within about a year. Yeah. Otherwise, it gets a freezer flavor. Well, yep. when you can it, pressure can it, you don't get that. Hmm. I'll have to remember that. You have to have a place to store yeah. it and all that. But, and you uh, don't have to worry about when the electricity goes out. <laughs> that's right. Boy, that's a big one anymore, ain't it, though? Wow. You know, yeah. um, well, we live on an island, so uh, we always we always make sure we have backup plan when our power grid goes down. Yeah, I was just going to ask, you know, for the listeners, um, tell me a little bit about yourself, or tell us a little bit about yourself. You already snuck in the your whereabouts, where you live, and that, but uh, give us a little background if you can on what you want to talk about. No, I mean about you, so that way they know, hey, who's Brittany Bame and and why. Why do we set up this podcast? I know why, but uh, you know, give me a little history of your quick quick rundown. I'm from the area. Um, I grew up I grew up here around Sugar Island, Sault Ste. Marie area. Um, even though we did we did move because my my dad was a 
in the Coast Guard. So, and then uh, when I joined the Navy, I went went around different places. So, then uh, did eight years in the Navy, and wow. then we decided when I got out permanently, we decided to move back to the area, mm-hmm. and which was a big big thing for my husband because he he had never been to you know he had been to the island, but he didn't think about living there until mm-hmm. I'm like, hey, let's try living there. He goes, okay. Where's he Where's he from? He's from Wisconsin. He was a dairy, dairy kid. Sure. He did all the dairy cows and everything. He wow. Was big into, his family was all big into that. That's big time busy so. right there. That's 24-7. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, no sick days, no holidays. <laughs> no. So. No. My, uh, my wife uh, raised on a dairy farm until her dad just, you know, just decided to, hey, I got to go big or go home, and he sold out, but like you say, there's no mm-hmm. sick time, no nothing. It's this day and age, you have to either keep up with the times, or you know, go get out type thing. So yeah, absolutely. Which so, is kind of sad. You're losing a lot of your family dairy farms, your small family dairy farms now. So oh, it is. It's because sad because they can't they, because they can't compete. No, absolutely not. Not not with. Uh, I don't want to blame it on the migrants coming over. You know, the Dutch. Uh, migrants or anything like that i mean they're trying to do what they're doing and some of them are doing really well but it's everybody like you say it's whether it be cr- oh, cash yeah. crop or dairy crop or even uh, any type of livestock you just can't be that family farm and make make a go of it anymore but you guys moved so, to, you guys and, moved uh, to the island uh, based off your influence to him saying we're going to the mm-hmm. island I, I suspect that anyways yep pretty much <laughs> that's all right yep, that was pretty much it but he we had hunting property over here and then uh and he, he ended up falling in love with the island, too. Really mm, enjoyed it. Pretty neat. And then, you know, I've I've been on different ventures and stuff. And mm-hmm. once our daughter was born, I was, we ended up flip-flopping roles. He got full-time at his job. And mm-hmm. I decided, we decided that I'd be the stay-at-home parent. Outstanding. And then uh, bought a book off of Amazon and said, ah, I wouldn't mind trying this. And <laughs> Started doing some mock tracks for my little terrier puppy, and yeah, well, next thing you know, we're, you know, on our third season and getting into some really odd situations where we're finding these animals. Yeah, so, <laughs> so you you basically bought a reference guide, a book, on how to uh, train a dog to track animals that you know, say wounded animals. Yep. Wow. Yep. It's actually a wounded wounded game tracking recovery with dogs and it was made it was written by a gentleman by the name of john jenning who was the mm-hmm. founder of united blood trackers at the top of the list is like the you know your big pusher and you mm-hmm. know father of you know teaching how to yeah. train dogs and uh, united blood trackers has been really big into you know actually getting tracking with dogs legalized in a lot of different states i think there's only six states left that are have do not allow tracking they made some big strides kind with a canine big they made some big strides then big time yes especially in the last uh 10 12 years i mean just i remember when god it was really tough to find anybody anybody it's it's just it comes down to numbers i mean Mm. you think about it you know you have a hunter shoots an animal, can't find it, so mm-hmm. they're going to go and shoot another one. Yeah. You know, to tag up. You got two animals out of the oh, yeah. herd. I think, what was the last, the last statistics I saw from Minnesota, and they had four, 
hundred animals recovered total last year, and those are four hundred animals that would have gone to waste. Wow. And you know, if those hunters weren't able to tag out, they were mm-hmm. like, "Well, we can't find it; must not be dead, or yeah. you know, just can't find it." So they're going to go and harvest another one, and that mm-hmm. would be instead of four hundred animals taken out of the population, that's yeah. eight hundred. You know, yeah. just as a, you know, just a easy, easy, easy math here for mm-hmm. tonight. But probably quite accurate. So. I mean, at some point, you you got what you got as far as statistical data, but. Uh, I mean, is it isn't a facetious yeah. uh, statement to make. I mean, it's probably pretty darn close to being true. If not, maybe even you know, maybe even in the other direction, maybe additional um, numbers thrown at that. So who knows? Oh, and yeah. to the I'm, uh, the side of things that making it uh, a better situation, yeah. the better care for our game. I mean, that in of well, itself. I'm, I'm actually excited to see what Michigan's what statistics will be this year. I really am. Yeah. So, so the state keeps Michigan track of that. Tracker, we have to um, record the start and the ending of every track and let them know whether there was a recovery or non-recovery and if it was dispatched upon recovery. Wow. So. I don't think people know that. That's, so that's what we're, as, as, a, as a state tracker, you know, with a, we do get uh, licensed for two years, mm-hmm. and um, that's part of our requirements, you know, mm-hmm. to be classified as. A tracking team in Michigan now. Well, I don't think people understand that because no. I, I, I didn't. I mean, you had uh, shared some of this information, but obviously I didn't ask for additional specifics on this. But this is amazing that what it's put upon you, the the, uh, the handler, as far as keeping track mm-hmm. of data to report back to the state. So it isn't just uh, getting the phone call and knowing what you have to do to, you know, to prepare and, and to be there. And to have your dog prepared and all that kind of stuff. I mean, you have to report all these activities back to the state of Michigan. Yep. Every but, uh, every track we go on, we have to report the beginning and the ending of it. Hmm. I got to say yeah. though, you know, in, in, in the guiding business, some regard like yourself, I left another profession, retired from it, type thing, and got into this, and we have to report back spe- uh, specifically the. Well, the state as well, but the federal government, when I guide on some, but they're asking for information, and I always kind of like, oh, my goodness, this is, you know. But it does uh, promote, um, you know, some good activities. It keeps people Mm -hmm. doing the right thing. And those that do the right thing, like yourself, it just, it's a, uh, it's an applause type thing um, for us all to um, be able to, say hey look at you know we've got a good thing going and it's because yeah, we're holding it, we're holding everybody ourselves everybody accountable for our yeah. activities exactly and that's you know and i actually don't mind doing that because we actually have to like the information we have to get from the hunter is you know their na- first name last name their kill tag number mm. as well as their um either their sport card number or their driver's license number. Wow. I usually just grab the driver's license number because it's easier to just mm-hmm. type in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, obviously we I put in what, what game because I do multiple, more than one. I track black bear and white tail. So, mm-hmm. yeah. um, you know, I beginning of the season during black bear season, I was putting a black bear track. And then, you know, once I hit deer season or when they overlapped, I had to make sure I remembered to put in, you know, what, what species I was tracking mm-hmm. at the time. Yeah. Yeah. So you've been a, you've been a busy gal this, uh, this 
I mean, this fall leading up to today, even I'm type thing. I think. Yeah. It sure um, seems like our it. total. Yeah, our total numbers this year has actually been really good. Um, we had seven bear uh, black bear tracks. Mm -hmm. uh, two re with two of them recovered. Mm -hmm. um, the other the other ones were either confirmed or live or suspected live yeah. and yeah. fine. And then I did sixteen whitetails. My goodness. This season. Oh my goodness. With eight recovered deer. Wow. That's amazing. Oh, that's busy. So, so that's yeah, we're busy. sitting at about right around 45, 50%, which is that's outstanding. Very, very, actually really good. Yeah, I would think so. so. It sounds outstanding to me with all the variables involved. Uh, and then I actually I got a message this week from two other hunters that said, hey, you were right. My, my buck showed back up on camera. <laughs> and two of them call, or, uh, text me and confirm. So, yep, oh, your animals, man. yep, you were right. That's, Here showed back up finally. Wow, what a deal! What that's some pretty good feedback from those fellows back to you. I mean, it you knew where oh, you felt yeah, pretty sure. confident, you know, it, it, but it, you know that cinches mm -hmm. that whole thing up together to say, "Yep, that's exactly what happened." Hmm, that's yeah, pretty well, cool. Well, you know, and it just increases the confidence I have in my dog. You know, Rascals, yeah. You know, her, she's on her third season now, and you know we we put. A lot of miles in the woods. Oh man, um, that actually little... I did a. I actually totaled it all up for the entire season between bear and deer season. I put in almost 130 miles just in the woods. That doesn't include drive time. It's just smokes. in the woods. Wow. And those little on people's track. And that doesn't include. And that little 15 that pound uh, rascal, the four little legs. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. I've never seen a dog work so hard, though. I mean, when it receives the cues that it's on, you know, okay, it's time for you to work. And I don't, you know, at least that was my assumption. Yep. Man, she puts that, her gear on. She goes, okay, let's get to work. Yep. It's all business. Yeah. And we were on the receiving mm -hmm. end of me personally involved with two bear, one that, uh, you you know, that was recovered and one that... Uh, you're quite yep. confident, and when you explain things, it made perfect sense that it's probably a live bear, yep. and uh, and I think it all made sense even leading up to it. I mean, I remember talking to him and the hunter and saying, "Hey, what do you think?" Man, I pulled a bad shot, Gary. I I, I can't believe it. And I said, "Listen, get over it. it. Happens. Don't beat yourself up. Yep, let's see. Know. Let's see what the tracking dog's going to do for us." But and you then, did everything in your power to. You know, figure out what was going on. Yeah. You know, you did everything in your power to get it recovered. So, yeah. You know, and I and I run into that a lot where the hunters are, you know, they definitely start beating themselves up. It's like, hey, it happens. Mm -hmm. Don't don't beat yourself up. You you did everything that you could possibly think of. Yeah. Including bringing a dog in, and the dog was confirmed. Mm -hmm. It's like, hey, yeah. it's gonna be fine. And, yeah. You know, just like the two hunters this week that text me and said, hey. My, my deer showed up alive, and it's perfectly fine. Your dog was right. And I said, all right. Oh. I, was, I will never question that again. <laughs> he goes. So yeah. it, that made me feel really good. Too. Sure. Absolutely. Well, you know, I called that gentleman from uh, Bay City area, Jake. He gave me your name and number. Who would have thunk, you know, I mean, back in September, he, you know, moving forward, what that entailed, hunters and with you and, we had quite a uh, quite a, um, a back and forth contacts, and uh, 
and you helped out uh, another gentleman from the UP. So at least that wasn't sort of far to go coming down to Atlanta, Michigan. Hey, you recovered that gentleman's, uh, well, his first name is Frank, so we know who it is. But, uh, yeah, he was he was elated. He says, Gary, I've never seen this in my life. He says, that gal with Rascal, is it? And I said, yeah, amazing. He said, it's just, I wish that really I'd had more time to enjoy. He says, I was really stressed out because it was my deer. I said, yeah, mm -hmm. you're kind of back in a little bit of no man's land trying to get back out of there, you and her and Rascal, before the uh, night fell, per se. And he said, yep. oh, we're busting butt. And he says, uh, she don't uh, just track. He said, uh, she she helped out a little bit, too. And I said, oh, yeah, she will as she can. And I said, she's just got her hands full, and she's not going to watch you struggle. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, she's just not that type of person. And he says, holy cow, he says, I got that name and number in my wallet. And <laughs> I said, yeah, I suppose so right next to the, your family portrait. You know, so he says he holds it near and dear to him. But I had another couple of guys that had uh, talked to him from that area and called and said, what's this gal's number? I need to put it, you know, in a safe place <laughs> at the cabin. Yeah, yeah. So, hey, you're, you're, uh, yep. you're, your uh, your reputation precedes you, and that's a great thing. That's a compliment. So, you know, we we try our best. Pretty pretty decent team. I mean, oh yeah, we're, we're always learning. There's always something new to learn every yeah. single time we hit the woods. Pretty decent. You know, you're not, being, not, you're not, being no two tracks are the same. You know, no. no two. So yeah, pretty decent. I think you're being a little bit modest. It went very well, but I understand what you're saying. Um, but uh, the one thing that. Uh, well, there's several things, but I, as I recall, based on what you're just saying too, even even right then, you explain things. And I I was telling my wife about this, and uh, she, first thing she says, and and she's right because she's used to uh, working with both genders, where she retired from after about 36, 37 years at a hospital. Mm -hmm. But she says uh, yep. guys are not really good at explaining things. Gals are usually pretty darn good at explaining things, but it doesn't stop there. I mean, there's things that gals fall short on and then guys. Oh, yeah. And, um, and we used to do training to make sure we all understood that and locked arms so that we worked with people that we would team up with in some sort of a situation so that, you know, we kind of accentuated the positives of each person. And I said, well, this Brittany it explains things really well, which makes it that much more enjoyable. And she offers no promises. She just explains, hey, this is what we're doing. This is why. And she didn't go on and on. It was just a, you know, a few, few. Yeah, uh, this, is, this is what's going on. This is what the dog's doing. And this yeah. is what she's telling me. Oh, absolutely. And it was like, wow, now I'm seeing it. She explained it. And look at this little bugger. It's running. It's doing its thing perfectly. And then when it got to a certain point, you explained what it's doing then. And it's like, my goodness, yeah. This is, but that really resonated with me. And that's when I, we had another camp of bear hunters in that third hunt in the UP. And I said, hey, why don't you stop over? I know it's another evening. And hey, you know, and of course you brought your kiddos and that was pretty oh, cool. Yeah. Brought uh, Rascal and that was pretty cool. And yeah, it was only. Yeah, the kids really enjoyed that too. Yeah, it was five hunters. That's all it was. But there was a two or three, you know, of us cooking and guiding. But uh, I think we garnered a, an awful lot of 
need information. And it wasn't about having them. I mean, it is and it isn't about putting the, your name and number on a list for them. Because, you know, they, they live out of town. It's not that they will or mm-hmm. won't call you. But it was about uh, it's about your willingness to share some information. So we had a little more information on our side yeah. as a hunter. Hey, once you uh, pull that trigger, yeah. once you... Yeah, I'm big on... Yeah. Yeah, my big thing is I love I love to educate. It shows. Um, hunter hunter education, everyone's like, Oh, well, that puts you out of a job. I said, This isn't my job. This is a hobby. <laughs> I do this just because I enjoy it. It's just what I keep trying to tell myself. And I think it really I would definitely it really help myself with that. Yeah, it really helps. It helps both sides. It helps strength there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it you know, it helps the hunter make, you know, Mm-hmm. have information to make a nice quick clean kill mm-hmm. you know or you know but gives us still an option to you know ethically recover their animal if yeah. something goes wrong you know mm-hmm. especially with with bow hunting it's uh you know with bow hunting just a little twitch can show oh, you yeah. know run that arrow off or yep you know i had it where gentleman called me to help him track and he ended up what had happened was when he shot he didn't realize there was a probably a three inch sapling right in front of her and oh, it hit man. the bullet hit that and exploded that before it hit the deer and ended up being a non-lethal brisket hit wow yeah. so hmm. but um you know and it, it also helps because there's a lot of hunters that are just now getting into it they've never grown mm-hmm. doing it. yeah absolutely you know they weren't you know, this is a lot of people. This is something new, especially since COVID. I've know there's a lot of a mm-hmm. lot of new hunters in the woods that yeah, thankfully um, had a track for a gentleman. Yeah, and I tracked for a gentleman. He was in his, you know, late sixties, and he had only mm. started hunting four years ago. He said, "Wow." Mm. And I tracked and for, his was his was a non-lethal hit as well, but it, it did. But I, you know, I explained to him and what the dog was doing and everything, and he. He understood, and he goes, man, it really sucks. I said, it does, but this is what the dog's telling me. Yep. You know, I don't, you know, I say, mm-hmm. you know, what we ended up figuring out what happened is he didn't, um, the distance was further than he thought, and the bullet dropped mm-hmm. further than he thought it, mm-hmm. it was going to. Yeah. So it ended up hitting, hitting the bottom brisket, so. Well, just by working with you on that situation, he's become a better, a better uh, yep. conservationist, a better hunter. Because of it, and he yeah, appreciates and, that. And that's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, that's for me. That's what it's all about. That yeah. is, that is, you know, learning how to be a better ethical hunter, being able to, you know, get your harvests and everything. So, mm-hmm. absolutely, yeah. You know, and we're all out there together. You know, we're all, mm-hmm. you know, we're all on the same team. Absolutely, absolutely. By being better informed, um, in. Uh, Knowledge is power, as we might say in the business community type thing, but it really is in the hunting community. It becomes a uh, a tool that we can take with us uh, as a hunter and become a better uh, informed person out in the woods to know that, uh, hey, why am I screwing up this trail? You know, it's, mm-hmm. what's the likelihood of uh, finding it? Well, let's just keep going and keep turning over leaves and stuff. I mean, or, yeah. or should we make that you know, phone in, call? In- yeah, and you know, and and you 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 found that out pretty quick. You know, mm-hmm. you called me that first, the very first interaction we had. Yeah. When you were talking to me, I told you, what did I tell you? Bear was probably alive. Out of the woods, your bear, the, that bear is not dead. That's right. 
you called it perfectly. And when too. we found it the next morning, the sucker was still steaming. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I remember calling you. The biggest deal was is getting a, actually realizing we made a phone call out in that woods because we had difficulty getting out before and back there. I so I thought, okay, mm-hmm. God's helping us out here. And uh, but you ask you ask pointed questions. You just didn't say, well, hey, yeah. this is what we got going. Hey, why don't you go take a nap tonight and we'll meet you out there because I'm kind of tired too. Had nothing to do with that, really. It was all about you wanted to know um, about what took place, and yep. so we shared with you answers to a, a handful of questions that you had of us, which came to the conclusion that you did that that bear is still alive, most likely to back out to walk back out the same way we came in, so we're not screwing up the track anymore. We met you the next morning, I don't know, nine o'clock, whatever it was, and and uh, anyways, you know, in the end was. Um, you and Rascal found the found the bear, and really the evidence supported a hundred percent of what you had suspected, and um, in which is, you know, just I looked at that and I thought, oh my gosh. And then the funny thing was, of course, when uh, I went to get the jet sled, I know I'm getting a sidetrack. Maybe I shouldn't talk about the hunter so much, but it was funny. He had a weak stomach. He was a good hunter, but just you know, one of those guys, and he didn't want to field dressing <laughs> that whole thing took place the way it was i laughed so hard I, yeah it was just you know sometimes it's just blame like, them. Bear do yeah they kind of do yeah yeah but uh he was so thankful he i mean it a week doesn't go by and he'll ask hey what's going on morgan you know and I, who is this bob okay you know but uh anyways that was the start of our of our uh relationship with you and rascal and for for that we are thankful for that Brittany. we really are and and uh i say we all hit it off i mean you have a uh, professional approach to the whole thing but at the same time it isn't you know like you're all stiff and upper lipped about things we i can tell you're having fun we had fun working with you you shared information with us which uh ended up being being a thing that uh, we garnered additional information on what to do next time a little bit better, make us better hunters. And for that, um, that whole contact, um, I feel that's what some people are missing out on by not engaging a uh, tracker into the situation when they should. And uh, for that, we really appreciate what you did for us. Yeah. And I, and what I tell everybody is it's, Having a tracking team in the area, it, it's just another tool, you know, being, mm-hmm. it has nothing to do with your ego. I've told so many people that I said, don't let your ego get in the way. Yeah. You want that animal Yep. and you don't think you're going to find it, swallow your pride. We are <laughs> another tool, just like your oh, yeah. rifle or your bow or, you know, or muzzle loader, muzzle loader season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And a flashlight. Yeah. Just another tool. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. You know, a lot of us, you know, there's there's very few of us that'll be, you know, there's some that are downstate that all they want to do is make money and they're not mm-hmm. acting like me. I work with donations. Yeah. Like, you want to give me money? Cool. Yeah, that, absolutely. You know, it, and that's, I mean, the, that's the way that industry's kind of set up, as you know, your like association. Travel, yeah, you know, I'll ask for expenses at the most mm-hmm. and then depending on what you want to do, mm-hmm. you want to give me more? Cool. Yeah, I think most people are... Uh, you know, it's like anything, uh, um, a tip based off what, what they observed took place. doesn't matter if we recovered or not. It's just uh, maybe it's the first time they called somebody and realized what's involved in this whole thing. 
that this isn't just, uh, mm -hmm. you know, throwing a dog off the leash and say, hey, you know, we're going to just sit here. They'll find it and they'll bark. You know, it doesn't work that way. There's so much involved. And when people see that, they, yeah. their eyes open up and they see, wow, this is really something. This is, this is amazing stuff. So, well, hey, I'm looking at the clock and uh, it's an evening for all of us. And you got little ones and uh, my wife and, and I put up the Christmas tree tonight. She decorated it so it looks beautiful. And so uh, life keeps going on, doesn't it? Yeah. I, Brittany, I really appreciate uh, you taking you taking my call and agreeing agreeing to put put yourself on this podcast and and uh, I'll upload it when I do yet this week. I'll send you a link, and um, we really appreciate your involvement in uh, in our hunting lives, and we hope that you continue to do this as long as you can. And uh, by the way, tell your husband, tell your two little ones, and tell Rascal we said hi, and we thank. We thank them for sharing you. I'll be sure to let them know. All right. Thank you so much. You take care and God bless. You too. And Merry Christmas. Thank you. Merry Christmas to you. This week's podcast brought to you by Bourbon Creek Gun Dogs and Guide, Northern Michigan's finest upland bird put-and-take preserve. Our private lands have been carefully groomed to give you a blue ribbon experience. Bring your dog or have our guide bring their expertly trained German short hair for a fun-filled day. At your request, we also guide on other properties. We are located in the heart of Michigan's elk country. Find us at bourboncreekgundogs.com or on Facebook. Or call us 989-858-6799 to book your next upland bird hunting experience. And also brought to you by Happy holidays from all of us at Bearfeed Retichek Farms. We've been very busy filling the shed with all types of goodies for the coming year. Everything from candies, icings, syrups, and dried bases to tempt Bear into visiting your bait site when you draw that tag in July. So stop in and see us for the best bait assortment around. And we always have our bags of shelled corn for sale. You know, for Santa's reindeer. Merry Christmas and God bless. And with that, we conclude another podcast episode with Wild Game Dynasty. Thanks for listening. And be sure to subscribe in your podcast app to receive notifications on future podcasts. Also, please head on over and check out our Facebook page. Be sure to like and follow it to stay up to date on highlights from our clients, turkey, bear, and white-tailed deer hunts. Until next time, guys, stay safe, enjoy the great outdoors, and happy hunting.